This week on the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman. The turbulent offseason for the Rockies. If the Rockies go ahead and have a good season, you know what? It's going to be water under the bridge because it's all about winning. And if they win, everybody's happy. Super Bowl storylines. You've got Andy Reid, who has won, what, the the seventh most games in NFL history, but he can't win the big one. And Kobe. He was an iconic Mm -hmm. figure. And it, it, it made you pause. Recorded live at the Maven Hotel in downtown Denver, the official hotel of the Colorado Rockies. This is the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman. So we uh, welcome you to our podcast number 29. We're really excited about this because we're coming from the uh, Maven Hotel, which is just a couple of blocks from Coors Field. It is the official hotel of the Colorado Rockies. You have stayed here. I've just had drinks here, which is probably kind of how we roll. Um, it is it is an awesome place. It's, it is you know a five-star hotel with uh, a, a very cool vibe, right? You know, yeah, you think about Lodo and when Coors Field was built, and there's a lot of places that I think we all know that have been there for a while, and a lot of people are going into Lodo to go out, and now this is kind of the second... Um, just a different kind of Lodo, and it's uh, it's really cool. The Dairy Block, with it's like a food hall with every single, there's so many restaurants and bars, and the Maven Hotel is connected to right here at the Dairy Block. So again, it's the official hotel of the Rockies. It's a boutique hotel. So if you're looking for a staycation, by the way, people out there, this is a perfect place for us. And we are going to, we're having a live studio audience here, so you can hear our live studio audience. Right. that. Ken nice. Miller in the in the back. You're supposed to clap at that point. <laughs> right. Kenny, a former guest of ours on our show. Um, this is also something I want to point out because traveling around in professional sports, you go to virtually every city in America. Not every city has a vibrant downtown. Denver has a really vibrant downtown, and it's pretty cool that when you talk to players on other teams, they really look forward to – there's certain stops you always look forward to, and Denver's one of them, and places like the Maven um, are, are one of the reasons. We're going to give away a, a room. To we are going to give away a, a one-night stay. Din- right, and, and dinner for two, et cetera. So that's going to be uh, really cool. Anyhow, the Rockies had Fan Fest – Yes. What, what day is today? Monday? Today is um, Monday. Yes, they had it over the on weekend. Saturday. They had it on Saturday. I thought it was interesting. I think the first thing we were all looking at was all that uh, everything was going on with the Jeff Breidish and Nolan Arenado. A lot of the players said, you know, we're just going to move forward. Um, we're we're going to handle it in the clubhouse. One of those players was Trevor Story, who is on the verge of signing a two-year deal with the Colorado Rockies. We thought that maybe he might go to arbitration. However, it looks like they're going to work it out, which yeah, you, is no surprise to you. No, you brought it up last week, and I said this happens all the time. People, we have a bunch of alarmists sometimes in the print media, and that is, oh my God, they're they're seven hundred fifty thousand dollars apart. They're disrespecting in some way, which I, you know how what I think of that term, um, Trevor. And I said this happens every single year. I said ninety five percent of the time, teams don't go to. Uh, a closed door arbitration setting and they settle prior to that. And, and the Rockies did settle with, with Trevor. They ate up his final two years where he's arbitration eligible and he'll be paid, as you said, $27.5 million. Um, with the, with the thing on, on Nolan, the beautiful thing about sports is the bottom line is winning and we all have short memories. And this is a big story. There's no denying it. it it's kind of dominated the, 
uh, the headlines from a Rockies perspective this uh, this winter, unfortunately, because I don't think any of that sh- stuff should ever play out uh, in the public. And I said that last week. But if the Rockies go ahead and have a good season, you know what? It's going to be water under the bridge because it's all about winning. And if right. they win, everybody's happy. So part of if they win is going to be the um, having Kyle Freeland have a bounce back year. And that was one of the storylines coming out of FanFest is because his first year was phenomenal in the Cy Young running. And then last year was a huge disappointment. He would be the first person to say that. He said that he has changed his mechanics of his delivery, that he's going to go back to the basics. Do you think that's what he needs to do is go back to you know, years ago when he first started out and not pitching like we've seen him in the last couple of years? Do I look like Steve Foster? He is the pitching coach. He's the pitching coach. Here's what I'll say about that. Guys tinker all the time. It's funny because players get to the big leagues, right, whether they're a position player or a pitcher, and they're always tinkering, and they're the best on the planet at what they do. But you're always trying to refine your craft. I think in 10 or 12 years, when we look back on Kyle Freeland's career, we will say his best year was his sophomore year when he had a 2-8 uh, ERA um, and even better at Coors Field, that will be his best year. And it's not saying, oh, is it doom and gloom going forward? No, I think also his worst year will be his third year in the league, the one we just saw. And I think it's going to end up somewhere in between um, where, you know, Kyle's going to be a, a steady, um, you know, middle to top of the rotation arm most years. He, I think last year was an aberration. And I think you know, the, the second year, you know, the, the great year when he was fourth in the Cy Young. Honestly, I, I think that may be a career year, and that's not a knock on Kyle, but I think he'll be a lot better. And for the Rockies to be a lot better, he needs to be uh, more the guy we saw a couple of years ago. Yeah, I think the Rockies management will say that last year was an aberration. Well, if it's not going to be, I think Kyle has to have a much better year. So another thing that came out of FanFest was Buddy Black being asked, is Charlie Blackman going to go back to hitting leadoff? Which there was some experimentation. I liked him at leadoff. Well, Charlie, Charlie likes leading off. It, it fits him. He's, he's comfortable. And I think it's a, it's a great dynamic when you have uh, Charlie. Come on in. We're, you, so you were doing this live, so I could say that, right? Yeah. In the middle of my thought. Come on in. Uh, it's $10 at the door. <laughs> oh, our person who's collecting walked out. Anyhow, um, Charlie is a unique cat in that now you have a guy who can make it one nothing, you know, 35 seconds into the game. And we've seen that happen quite a bit. So I like Charlie leading off. I really do. I do too. The one element, and, and nobody runs anymore anyhow, but Charlie's not going to run. I mean, he had 43 stolen bases a few years ago. Charlie's not a runner anymore. He's a slugger. And that's where the game has gone. So with him leading off, because it fits him, because it gives you a dynamic that very few teams have. I like it. Okay, Brendan Rogers also came up. Some fans actually had some questions about Brendan Rogers. Who, you know, when is he going to come back up? Buddy Black said we are not going to see Brendan Rogers, who I believe is coming back from shoulder injury yeah, until shoulder May, surgery. back in the major leagues. What do you think, long term prognosis? Because there's a lot of Rockies fans that just want to see more of this kid. How good can he be? We'll see. I mean, he he has. You know, he was drafted very high in the draft because he had an elite high school bat. He's had an elite bat at the minor league level. Last year when he got, a, you know, a relative cup of coffee, um, you know, he didn't he didn't do much offensively, but he was just getting his feet wet, and then obviously he hurt his shoulder. Um, he has to hit because his 
most outstanding tool is the hit tool. Is he going to be a guy that hits 285 with 25 plus home runs and and plays somewhere in the infield? That's what the Rockies certainly hope, and that's what you know the the prognosticators would have. Now you got to go do it. And um, as Buddy said, his season is going to be slowed by still the recovery of, of last year. When do you head down to spring training? Tomorrow morning, I'm heading down to fantasy camp. Okay, explain fantasy camp to people that it's not what you think it is. People, <laughs> I mean, how do you know? Well, what uh, is it? <laughs> um, fantasy camp is one of my favorite weeks of the year because for several reasons, you get to play baseball again, right. which I love. I love to still play, and I'm with uh oh, the fire department's here. Um, I, I love to play. Here's what we do: we play baseball. And we compete and get, you know, it gets pretty serious. And we laugh, which is always good for the soul, right? Mm-hmm. And we drink a lot of beer. So that's a couple things that I'm pretty decent at. So I love Fantasy Camp. And I, and it's really cool because you see a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of the 07 Rockies come down and their coaches. And so it's kind of like old old home week. Josh Fogg's there. Brian Fuentes is there. You know, Corey, a lot of our my partners, mm-hmm. Corey Sullivan, Ryan Spielborgs, Jeff Houston, they're all there. George Frazier is normally the commissioner. George had to back out at the last moment. He had uh, he had something come up. Um, George is hysterical when they do kangaroo court. I mean, so here's, so, here's a quick story on kangaroo court. Okay. All right. My buddy, I'm going to tell, I'm going to, throw his name out there too because he was supposed to be here tonight but he couldn't make it anyhow steve foster not the pitching coach steve foster um was down there originally he's been coming for years he was down there and with his second wife and they ended up getting divorced and so the next year he came with tammy who's his current wife who's an absolute doll and george said steve stand up he goes you're fine a hundred bucks bring in bringing a new wife to fantasy camp. So everybody laughs in the room, right? The funnier line was the next year, he goes, Steve, stand." he's down there with Tammy, and Tammy comes every year. He goes, Steve, stand up. Foster stands up because he's like a pin cushion, man. He's always getting docked. He goes, I'm finding you 200 bucks. Why? He said, why? Bringing the same wife two years in a row. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm asking you, when you go to fantasy camp and then you're going to go back for actual spring training, if you could get a one-on-one with Nolan, mm-hmm. what were the first couple questions that you would ask him that you think he would answer? You know, where, where, where's your mindset at right now as you embark on season number eight with all of the rhetoric that took place and the rumors of a trade and – you know, he, he came out and said he felt he was disrespected. And then he said, you know, I'm not saying anything more about it. Just, you know, where his focus is. And I and knowing Nolan, he would say, my focus is entirely on playing baseball and trying to win as many games as possible for the Rockies. I mean, I guarantee you that's what it, we'll do it. And that's what he'll say. Okay. So as Rockies fans sitting here in the audience and listening, do we have anything to worry about? I don't. Uh, Julie, you and I have talked about this on the podcast 
a few times. And during the winter meetings, when it first came out, I said, there's no way. That's not how it's not how the Rockies roll. It's never been how Dick Monfort rolls. If you think about it, other than Matt Holiday, and they made a very lucrative offer to Matt Holiday, and they just could not come to an agreement. They traded Matt Holiday, and it turned out to be one of the as much as we love Matt, turned out to be one of the better trades in Rockies history, right? We got Carlos Gonzalez back, who's a, an all-time Rocky. They got Houston Street back, who was the closer on the 09 team, which may still to this day be the best overall Rockies team, even though the 07 team went to the World Series. Um, other than that, you think, um, you know, they signed Tulowitzki to a long-term deal. I know toward the end there was, you know, some unrest and, and he got moved on. Helton, they kept. Um, most recently, Nolan Arenado signed a $260 million deal. Charlie Blackman, everybody's worried, is Charlie going to leave? Signed to a $106 million deal. The Rockies have always kept their star players. And that's why I thought when the news first came out, I said that, you know what, people have to write things and throw things out there on social media. Ain't no way it's going to happen. And then it started gathering some steam. Mm -hmm. and And there obviously was some validity to it. And validity from the standpoint of, Every general manager, Julie, in any sport, you know this. You've covered um, sports for 30-plus years. <clears throat> God, I'm old. You are old. <laughs> so every general manager, their job is to have the best possible roster each year that they can have. So if somebody calls you and says, hey, you know, would you move Nolan? Well, probably not, but what are you talking about? And they say, hey, we're willing to give X, Y, and Z. You have to listen because uh, if – you know, if the uh, I'm trying to think, you know, if if the Angels called up and said, "We'll give you Mike Trout and and our two top prospects and you know the front of their rotation," you you know, you might have to say, "Wait a second, that's so much in return." Um, and, and so it kind of gathered steam. There obviously was more to it than we first thought. Um, but long winded answer to your question, I don't think he's going anywhere. I hope so. Yep. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to the general manager of this beautiful hotel. Jerry Link. We're going to talk to him about all the... They have some fantastic, fantastic package. If you're, if you're a Rockies fan and want to stay down here, we'll talk about that. We're going to get into the Kobe Bryant situation, which I'm sure everybody's going to, in this room and listening is going to remember where they were when they got the news. We will talk about that when we come back. But first, we are going to tell you about Boyer's Coffee. Caitlin's here from Boyer's Coffee, the marketing maven genius over here. Um, Caitlin, thanks for waving. Um, but it's a podcast, but everybody in the room now knows who Caitlin, um, the coffee's delicious. It is. And you know, we're really proud to have Boyer as a sponsor because they are a Colorado company and they are an official sponsor of the Colorado Rockies. And we really, really want to work with Colorado companies. Right. And as, um, Craig knows this out here. They're right by Adams County Fire Rescue. So I stop by over there all the time and it's a really cool venue. If you like local coffee places, even if you don't live in the area, I think you really want to go check it out. It's in an old school house. They're stocked with coffee, stocked with product. You can sit there. You can get your work done there. Um, we advise, which you do regularly. Which I do regularly. I have a, I have a lot of meetings there. I do. Yeah. I have a lot of meetings there. 7295 Washington Street. It's fantastic. Um, they have stuff for Keurig, and they'll grind it for you, and specialty drinks. And it just supports a local place. As importantly, you can get it at your favorite supermarket in right. town so right. boyer's coffee um outstanding yeah 
and they have been roasting in the Rocky Mountains since 1965. You'll hear us talking about Boyers a lot. And if you didn't get some, there's Boyers out there in the back. So now it is time. We are going to bring up the general manager of the Maven, Jerry Link, who's going to tell us about this fantastic hotel. And we have, and look at you, you have a mic for Jerry. I mean, this is Hey, big round of applause for Jerry. Look at that. And Jerry, just in case you look like a picture of health, but in case you keel over, we had four of uh, Adams County, Adams County Fire, Adams County Fire Fire. finest, and Denver Fire. Yes, you well represented. Yeah, perfect. Well, thank you very much for having me here tonight, and thanks for being here. No, thank you for having us. We're delighted to have you here at the block, the block we say Dairy Block. So it's a whole new little micro district that we've got going on down here, just in the shadows of Coors Field. So the closest hotel you can get right now. Right. To the, to the field. So I went online to the Rockies website and saw all the different packages. If you're a Rockies fans that you do for Rockies fans, can you tell us about some of those things, those packages? We can't, sure. One of the, we got a, we have a home run package, which really includes, uh, your overnight stay. And we can upgrade <laughs> you to that diamond suite if you'd like. We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also includes free parking, complimentary parking in the garage here underneath valet. And then it's got a $25 gift card. Over at the ballpark, so you can go spend it wherever you'd like over there. Because we've worked, tried to work with the Rockies, absolutely, and they've even recommended they can probably find. We don't have the tickets arranged for it, but we can help you with everything else. This is a great night spot, also, Jerry, because I've come here after games, and I mean the the bar area and the lobby area. I mean, there's there's something about it that kind of draws you in, and I know you do a nice crowd after the games. Well, thanks for that. We we really like to think that we've created a great energy and that it's fun that when people walk in to the lobby space that they don't understand what's going on, but they want to buy a drink or a cup of coffee or get something to eat because there's just so much energy and people are having a good time. And we want to continue that. Thanks for being a part of that. Absolutely. And I stayed here and then you you provide uh, the, the little wooden deals we've for margaritas. Complimentary for each night. Yeah, you get happy hour at the Airstream trailer. Who else yep. can put an Airstream trailer in their lobby and, and get away with it. And we do because we can have, we can have a lot of fun uh, down here. And that's the idea. There are probably some other hotels uh, in the area that may be a little bit more sophisticated. That's okay. We get, we can relax a little bit, let our hair down, have some more fun. That's awesome. And in a little bit, we're going to give away a, uh, a free night and dinner for two uh, as well. Cantina Cantina, our, wow. our, our sister yeah. venue here on the block. Yeah. So anybody that's going to Rockies games, if you want to come by before or after to get a drink or get a meal, this is the spot. So thank you for. I hope I us. win. You are not. You are not. I'm not eligible. No. I'm going to make myself eligible. Yeah, no. I've got my son out in the audience. We'll, we'll make those arrangements for <laughs> you. And the <laughs> Diamond Suite. One more thing. The the Diamond Suite, which we went to go look at. Tell us yeah. about that. Well, it was. It's uh, the largest footprint, largest suite we have in the building. Uh, it's got its own balcony. Looks out over at Coors Field. And the artwork is all baseball themed throughout the, and was done for us by a local group, Nine Dot Arts. So you've got some really funky art pieces up there. And Drew and I were talking earlier. One of the pieces, uh, it's a collection of about 15 old baseball cards that have been sort of artistically modified a little bit. But one of them belongs to a, a gentleman by the name of Glenn Burke, who is probably no one in the room knows Glenn Burke, played for the Dodgers in the 70s. But when we were touring the Rockies front office through to take a look at the suite, that stopped everyone in their tracks. And they looked at it and they were like, they started texting, taking pictures of this guy. He's in baseball legend. He's the one accredited with starting the high five. 
Wow. And we even Googled it to be sure, but it's a true story. <laughs> I had no, I had no, no did idea. anybody know that, that Glenn Burke started the high five? No. So there you go. You heard it here. This is like the on first the thing you've learned right. on this po- we've learned on this podcast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You don't usually, we don't usually learn squat, but nope, now we're nope. really well educated. Yes. Jerry, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you it. so very much. Pleasure to have you with us. You, you bet. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having us. So we'll uh, do that giveaway a little bit later in yeah. the podcast. And, and now this is a tough transition because yesterday, I think this is going to be one of those deals where everybody remembers where they were when they heard that, that Kobe Bryant perished with his daughter and seven others in a helicopter crash and everybody was like no it can't be because he's 41 he's so vibrant um and you know you're just taken aback and you you think well this can't be true It, it for me julie it was similar to when john john died flying to hyannisport yeah where were you by the way um, when that happened? No, no, no. What, what, oh, yes, yeah. I was I was working out at my health club, and um, mm-hmm. a friend of mine came up and he and he said, "Hey, I have really bad news." But he's kind of a prankster, so I thought he was kidding. I'm waiting for the mm-hmm. punchline, and and he told me. And um, uh, a friend of ours, Marky, who who you know engineers a lot of times our our show and does such a marvelous job, he put together uh, kind of a an audio montage that uh, we're going to have you listen to. If I got a fight to get you in the gym, that's a problem. If you're lazy, man, I don't want to talk to you. I want to deal with you. You don't make me feel dumber. You start with what do you want your game to be, what would make your game unstoppable, and now you work backwards from there. You became a Lakers fan living in Italy. I started first grade over there, in Italian school. Learned Italian. Learned Italian. I was six. Uh, my sister was seven. My older sister was eight. I think it made me more mature. My grandfather uh, used to send me tapes of Laker games. So I used to sit you know, in the living room and watch Magic and Byron and Worthy and Cap. And I just absolutely fell in love with the Lakers. Magic Johnson said you're the greatest Laker ever. You know, I, I can't, I will never accept that. I grew up watching him, so I learned from him. And me coming in at 17, I hated when right, Shaq would hit me with an elbow in practice. And like, Nick Van Exel would come up and say, are you okay? What? Wow, <laughs> are you okay? What the hell's wrong with you? You know, Shaq had demanded a trade, and he and I just weren't going to play together anymore. Mm-hmm. It was just the, the challenge was thrown down. I had to prove that I could win without him. Something had to give. And I like needling Shaq a lot because it's just fun to do that. But the guy was an absolute force, man. It's something that, you know, you, you haven't seen in the history of the game. He's doing some pretty supernatural stuff, man. Allen Iverson was just really, he was a load to deal with, man. Carmelo Anthony is always tough for me to deal with. If I could work that hard every day, being blessed with the physical tools that I have, what would my career be? And I made a promise to myself from that day that I was going to work that hard every single day. That was my philosophy. It seems like a pretty simple one, but, you know, if you live your life to just get better every single day, do that for 20 years, I mean, what do you have? Guys want to go out and have a good time. I get that completely. However, you're going to do that and you show up to work the next day, you better be ready. If you're not, I'm going to, going to let you know. Rest at the end, not in the middle. The important thing to understand is you can't, you can't shortchange yourself. Like, you're, not, you're not cheating anybody but yourself. Right? I tell this to my, to my daughter and my daughter's team as well that I coach. It's a simple thing of math. If you want to be a great player, if you play every single day, 
two, three hours. Every single day, over the course of a year, how much better are you getting? Our job as teachers, as mentors, as inspirers, it's our responsibility to hold them accountable to those things. It's fun to kind of challenge, you know, from a 17-year-old kid and, and kind of challenge um, what's normal or what the system was. You know, that, that's, that was pretty cool. Do you tell young people not to go to college? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, tell them, I tell them to follow their dreams. That's what I tell them. So I was in um, I was in my car coming back from the airport when Kristen, our friend, was texting us, and then I started getting a lot of the phone calls. And um, I I think there's some people that that might agree with me. Kobe in Colorado is an interesting thought, right? I mean, I I have mad respect for his skills, but if you live in Colorado when you were there, if you were here when all of that happened, it was a different experience than other people around the country. So. Um, I thought about that for a little bit and then, but I, I more so thought about the more it came out about his daughter was on that flight. I didn't realize he had four daughters. What he did after he retired was it, he was very much about his family and coaching his kids. And then I started hearing about all these celebrities and former players and, and hall of famers and the effect that Kobe had on them, not only as a basketball player, cause I think we all know what an amazing basketball player, one of the best to ever play, but really what kind of person and effect that he had. And so the, the more I would listen to this, the more the, the, the sadder it, it made me because this man who's 41 years old, I think was on a path to do some pretty wonderful things. We live in a time where, you can be a global figure. You know, 50 years ago, as, a, as an athlete in North America, it was probably hard to be, you know, the only person I could think of was Muhammad Ali, who became a global figure. But now through the Internet and social media, um, whether it be, uh, you know, Messi in, in soccer or Kobe or certainly Michael, you know, the guys that have one name, they become these transcendent figures. And the thing that, um, I, I've always admired about Kobe, and certainly the admiration grew since he retired. There are so many athletes that, you know, unfortunately, sadly, when they depart their sport, no matter how great a career they have, there is such a void because their whole life has been spent in the locker room and the camaraderie that is the locker room and competing together. And even if they have a really long career, let's face it, you know, you're in your late thirties, maybe even, you know, early forties. That's, that's really young in, in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. Kobe, when he retired in 2016, next morning, as the story goes, he got up at five in the morning because he already had an agenda. I mean, he had a, he had several companies. He, he liked to write. Uh, he, this guy won an Academy Award. Mm -hmm. he, he was a, you know, an exceptionally bright guy, obviously, who wasn't just going to sit back and, and um, want people to come up to him and talk about the glory days. He was moving on to, I don't want to say bigger and better things, but he was moving on to other things and had eclectic interests, um, one of them being women's basketball, I mean, with the four daughters and, mm -hmm. and you know, sadly just what we've all read with with Gigi she was an aspiring basketball player and yeah and it is it's just a god-awful story man there were nine people on that helicopter too so I think that a lot of us you know I 
want to know some of the stories and hear about some of the those names that were I think he had two teammates two other 13 year olds and I have a young niece and so I think about you know that is that is a life cut very short and then I was listening to the radio today and they were talking about all right a lot of people have thought okay you just let people know how much you love them because you just it's so sudden if it can happen to Kobe Bryant it can happen to so I guess it's just what are you going to do with that right is it just one thing where you think of like oh tell these people what you think about them and then you don't People die tragically every day. We yeah. understand that. And athletes have died tragically in the past. But he was an iconic mm-hmm. figure, and it, it it made you pause. I mean, yeah. it, it, it absolutely, you know, made you pause. Speaking of pausing. Yes. You're, oh, you're ready? It's time for Ideal Home Loans. They've been with us since... Uh, Day one, they're awesome. Interest rates are great right now. So if you're going to refinance or if you have uh, some debt and you want to consolidate some credit card debt um, or if you are in the market for a new home, the people who call are Brent Ivinson's group at Ideal Home Loans. I did it. I just closed on a house uh, in the last couple of months. Their number is 303-867-7000. That's 303-867-7000. And like Julie said earlier, we want to do business with local companies. And they are a local company. Uh, Brent uh, started this company back in 2001. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. And, and you're going to see a consistent theme, just like Boyer's Coffee, just like the Maven. They are the official lending institution of the Colorado Rockies the last few years. So is your book, If These Walls Could Talk, Stories from Colorado Rockies by Drew Goodman, is that the official book of the Colorado Rockies? It, um, it No, I cannot claim that is the <laughs> official book of the uh, Colorado Rockies, but um, we're going uh, to give a couple away. We're going to give gonna a couple away. We're going to sell a few and, later. And, yeah, you're yeah. going to sign. So give, yeah. me, give me like for the, the people that are just tuning into this podcast and to our live studio audience. You know, it's, ama- it's amazing how how much noise 1,500 people can make. <laughs> I know, I know, yeah. I know. Any favorite, like a story that you want to share from the book? Um, you know, we talked about Larry Walker last week, and there's a chapter in there on, on Larry, and it's awesome that he's going to the Hall of Fame. I'm, I'm thrilled for him. He was uh, He's one of the great characters. We told some Todd Helton uh, stories in the past. Um, there's a great story in there. Clint, uh, I was because a, a mutual friend had passed. I was talking to Clint Hurdle this morning. And, and Clint, uh, there's a chapter on all the managers of the Rockies. And Clint um, is a wonderful storyteller. And during that 07 run, when the Rockies won 21 out of 22, um, there was a young man who was a, a high school football player who was battling cancer. And there was some, I, I, I'll, I'll just give a tease. There were some really remarkable twilight zone things that occurred during that run that involved this young man and the number he wore in football. Uh, and, and I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, there's a Clint hurdle, another Clint hurdle story I'll, I'll tell. And that is, you know, but we were talking about social media and, and the age we live in now, well, back when Clint, um, was coming up he was drafted out of high school out of Merritt island florida he was one of the top picks in the draft and he was going to be the next george brett he was with the kansas city royals and they had kind of anointed him as the next superstar and sports illustrated um had taken pictures of a number of young you know kind of potential phenoms clint being one of them but he didn't know what was going to happen. And again, mm-hmm. there was no social media. So Clint, every day on his way to spring training, would stop at, at like a 7-Eleven and he would get a can of tobacco and, you know, like you know, milk duds or whatever the hell he was getting. 
And one day he goes in there and, and he like froze in his steps because right next to the cash register where he's checking out was the newest issue of Sports Illustrated. And it's Clint Hurdle looking at Clint Hurdle on the cover. And he's like, holy shit, I can't believe this. You know, and he ran out of the store because he was like embarrassed. But it was it was really uh, it was a really cool story, which couldn't happen today. You would know, right? right. It's not like, oh, look, I'm on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Oh my god, that's funny. Yeah. What, what's he gonna? He was let go by Pittsburgh. What's yeah. has he been picked up? He no, he he is. He, Clint announced he's not going to manage anymore. He's retiring from managing. But okay. you know, knowing Clint uh, again, deep thinker, really talented guy. He's going to. I I, w- I wouldn't be shocked if he does something in baseball again. Maybe. You know, at the front office level, announcer? that sort of thing. I mean, Clint would be a great announcer. Yeah. Yeah, he would. Yeah. Uh, speaking of baseball, did you see the story today that Major League umpires, they're still talking about it. They may be mic'd up. So when there's a, a challenge that they can communicate to the crowd what is what is being challenged by a manager and also the result of that. Do you like that? Yeah. yeah how many times we, I've gotten on the soapbox and pontificated about, really, it's it's. 2019 last year it's 2020 now mm-hmm. um we can't explain what was you know the what the ruling was or what they heard from new york or sometimes it's unclear you right. know manager goes out and there's a long discussion and we're in the dark upstairs we have no idea they do it in the nfl why the hell can't they do it in baseball so yes i'm, I'm glad they're finally entering you know the 21st century in that regard and do you think that's because um they just feel like that broadcaster the game needs a little spice because it is baseball is a bit if you're old school. if you're sitting at home you should be as informed as if you were sitting in the dugout almost right yeah why should people at home be in the dark as to what the ruling was or why the ruling was uh, made in a certain way or what a a manager was objecting to or inquiring about this way they can inform you know what i love in baseball is that you guys can talk to a manager you talk to buddy right friday night okay do you ever is it time when it's time to talk to buddy is it ever like the team's not doing well and you're like oh shit what do i what do i talk to buddy about hey buddy it's 12-1 in the uh, bottom of the fourth inning listen go get him buddy um, <laughs> We actually, there have been a couple of times where it was only a couple of times last year where it had gotten sideways and we just, we just let buddy know we'll, we'll pass on doing it tonight. Yeah. That's right. happened. I, when but I was, buddy's yeah. awesome. He's, he's great. He's, he's funny. Yeah. And, um, you know, one, one day it wasn't last year. I think it was a couple of years ago. I asked him, we were in LA and I asked him, I said, greatest, you know, buddy, because you could do this with buddy. He is so sharp and he's quick witted. And you worked with buddy in San Diego when, when Julie uh, was working out there in television. So um, I asked buddy, he comes over, he puts a headset on. We come back from commercial. Yeah. Welcome back. Rocky's uh, leading the Dodgers four three. We go downstairs. We always do. Buddy's kind enough to join us. I go, buddy, greatest rock band to come out of Los Angeles. And he's like, ooh, that's a good one. He goes, you know, you got the Doors, you got the Eagles, two of my favorite bands. So we, that's what we did for, you know, we didn't really talk baseball. He's pretty but, cool. But hey, buddy's really cool. He's pretty cool. He's you know what? Let's talk about there isn't actually another sport coming up next weekend. It is the Super Bowl. We haven't spent too much time talking about the Super Bowl. It's all been to me about Patrick Mahomes and a little bit about Jimmy Garoppolo, the fact that he doesn't really throw. Do you have any articles I've read on the Super Bowl so far? Well, just pretend because we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. I hate 
how much coverage I love football. You know that I still cover football. I love football. We'll always love football. Um, The Super Bowl is so oversaturated with stories. I'm excited about this matchup. Um, Patrick Mahomes is potentially the new face of the NFL. He's a dynamic talent. They can really score. I think San Francisco is more balanced than they are. I think it's going to be a heck of a game. Is that what you were asking me? No. Oh. No. Um, I rarely listen to what she asks. No, 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 no. Yes, yes, you're right about that. Um, Okay, no, what I wanted to know was I think it's about the coaches. I think about it's not Patrick Mahomes is getting so much attention. It's all about Patrick Mahomes. Jimmy Garoppolo threw, what, eight times against the Packers, so he's getting killed for that. That's, one. Why should he get killed? He went Tim Tebow on him. Because it's eight passes, and that's just how the media is, right? right? And then you compare him against against Patrick Holmes. But you look at the coaches. I think the coaches are really interesting. You've got Andy Reid, who has won, what, the, the seventh most games in NFL history, but he can't win the big one. You've got Kyle Shanahan, who is the offensive coordinator with the Falcons when they had that massive meltdown against the Patriots. And, of course, Andy Reid, they were in the Super Bowl when, with Philadelphia, couldn't get it done. I think that that's kind of fascinating to see that matchup. I feel like if I had to bet on one of the two, I'd bet on Andy Reid, figuring it out. I, listen, uh, I, it, I don't know Andy Reid. I admire him from afar. Kyle Shanahan's off to a terrific start as a young head coach in the NFL. I always fall back on this. Um, we talk about great coaches, Mike Shashevsky in basketball and, uh, you know, Tony LaRussa, Bill Belichick in football. Guess what? You got to have the horses. I don't For care. Sure. You're not going to X and O. If we take all these people in the room, y'all look pretty good right now. But if, but if we lined up and played football again, you know, and this was our team, we're going to lose. I don't care if Belichick's our coach or not, right? We don't have enough talent in the room. With all due respect, all of you. So I, I, I mean, I, re- I really believe that. And I think the, most often, the better team will win. Um, but it is a compelling story. I like Andy Reid, as I said. And, um, you know, Kyle Shanahan, as I, as I also mentioned, I think has a more balanced team. I think they're better defensively. Does it upset you that he's not here coaching the Broncos? Nope, not at all. Really? I'm a Giant fan. Okay. That the Broncos chose Vance Joseph over Kyle Shanahan. But who's to say, going back to what I said a moment ago, in all honesty, who's to say that that would have worked out because I don't think they had enough talent. I don't think the Broncos didn't win because Vance Joseph was their head coach. I think they didn't win because they didn't have enough talent. Mm, I'm not sure Vance Joseph was ready for that job. He might not have been ready, Mm -hmm. but they didn't have a quarterback. You got to have a quarterback, right? They've gone through more quarterbacks. and Derek Queen goes through uh, chocolate sundaes in a weekend. Yeah. Right. I think he could have been more, more creative, I guess. So um, we're approaching the end of our first live podcast. Well, you want to know what? I want to point one thing out because you're on the topic of football. So when I was working out yesterday, before I had heard the tragic news about Kobe, I'm flipping around the channels on the the bike I was on, and um, I come across the Pro Bowl. I I want all honesty. Anybody in this room, did anybody watch um, a snap of the Pro Bowl yesterday? Raise your hand. Be honest. One, Two. two... Three, three, three ladies. Um, now, don't take this in the spirit that it's intended. What is wrong with you? <laughs> it was in Australia. Okay, that's a good that's answer. Yours. That's and what's your yours? What's your answer? What's your? 
Okay, okay. You, you, that wasn't your that wasn't your doing. And Julie, the last one. Okay. okay, those are all those are all good answers because to me the only other answers were you were on a three day bender and you weren't physically able to get up and turn the channel because you lost a remote, or the remote broke on whatever channel was airing the Pro Bowl. That is the worst friggin' game I've ever seen. They need to get rid of it. I have no problem with the competition. I'm gonna hold on a second. We're not canceling the show just yet or okay, whatever. Not yet. the show. That is a joke. Nobody touched the ground. They hand the ball off and they hug the guy and they and, and then he hands the ball to the referee. It's always been like that, though. No, it's not always been oh, quite like that. Since the guy got hurt on the, remember the, um, on the... On the beach? On the beach. Right. Yeah. Does anybody remember that story? I do remember there was a football that, player that... Out of um, South Carolina. Yeah. That had a um, season-ending injury. Yeah. But you know what's the worst? The NBA All Star Game. They're all bad. The only one that's good. No defense. The only one that's pretty good is baseball. I'm not saying that because I work in baseball. It is because it's you know what when Aroldis Chapman gets on the mound and um, Nolan Arenado's at the plate. Nolan's trying to do damage and Aroldis Chapman's trying to get him out. It it replicates the sport that we see every other night of the year. It does not do that in the in football it doesn't do that in basketball guys are like you know carte blanche red carpet treatment the final score is like 280 to 275 for sure and hockey the poor goalies i mean they should are you kidding me like the family should get like a, a stipend or something the goalies are going to get decapitated on that it's on ridiculous. that note what rockies um are going to be in the all-star game if you had to predict right now that's a great question jules um <laughs> There's a first for everything. What is this podcast number twenty? I feel 29? like this is the little uh, brother I never yeah. wanted. Little, that's right, little, little brother. Because I'm younger than you. Um, that's not true. Um, there was four all stars last year. I think you know you start with Nolan. That's a no brainer. And for me, Trevor's a no brainer. I think he's one of the you know two or three best shortstops in baseball. Um, I will. I'm going to answer it this way. Okay. All right. For the Rockies to return to where they were in 17 and 18 when they were in the postseason, one of the all-stars, in addition to Nolan and Trevor and, you know, another position player, hopefully, maybe Dahl again, maybe Charlie again, maybe both, um, has to be a guy like Herman Marquez. If we're talking about a Rockies pitcher, and, and Herman has the ability to be that guy, mm-hmm. if we're talking about a Rockies pitcher being an all-star, I think there's a really good likelihood that in July the folks at the Maven are getting fired up because the Rockies are well over 500 and they're in contention in the NL West etc etc that would be great that would be great we're looking forward to a rebound season for sure yes absolutely all right well I guess this is the end of our this is it and we want to thank you the studio audience (laughs) 1500 strong here at the Maven (laughs) I didn't think they'd find a room big enough to uh, to house everybody. But thanks for coming out. We really appreciate it. We uh, this was our first venture doing this, and it was a, it was a lot of fun. And we we do appreciate you guys uh, spending a little time with us. Thanks to Boyers, and thank you to the Maven. Thank you to everybody here. And Ideal Home Loans, absolutely. And Ideal Home Loans. You bet, Julie. Take care. I'll see you next week. You will. The Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brahman was recorded live at the Maven Hotel at Dairy Block in downtown Denver. The official hotel of the Colorado Rockies, just steps from Coors Field. Book your staycation today at themavenhotel.com. Like that.